Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. We're in a season, and we, we laid this foundation last week, we're in a season corporately that we know the Lord is telling us to pray, that prayer is a catalyst, that He has things He wants to do in and through um, your life, my life, this house, this region, and it's going to come birth through prayer. And it's something that we can be so familiar with um, that, we, that we can almost like think, well, why are we, why are we this is like, what, what is the fifth Sunday in January, and we're still talking about prayer. And when we first started talking about, thinking about prayer, we're like, we'll do 21 days. And we're like, no, 40, no, 50. You know, we're just going to pray until we see what God is saying is going to happen, is going to happen. Okay, we're just going to continue on. So if you would open up your Bible um, to Luke 11, I'm going to start there. And okay, it came to pass in verse 1, it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our bread and forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he said to them, which of you have a friend? And you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me, for the door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him, because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give as many as he needs. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, I'm using this um, just kind of as a launch pad, as a springboard. Prayer is um, a place of connection and communion and communication. I've been thinking quite a bit about a story. Um, can I share your story? That be all right. About five or six years ago, Jeremy was at a um, local Christian school, and um, for the most of our education journey with our children, we homeschooled, but there were a couple years interspersed that our children were in the school. So he was at a local Christian school, and um, one of the things that was required of um, the families of this local Christian school was that parents would be involved and volunteered kind of counterproductive of me sending my homeschool child. I mean, I was part of wanting to relieve responsibility. So anyway, I'm looking at all the different lists of, of ways that I could participate, and one of the things was prayer. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll do prayer. I can do prayer. And um, so anyway, it's kind of funny. Uh, Elise was still being homeschooled, so I dropped her off her class, and then I go into this um, prayer meeting. I was I was probably about a minute late, and um, they were already together. And there was three or four women, and they were sitting around a table. And it took me about 30 seconds to realize that they were basically reading off 
the list of all the names of the students, and just God bless Johnny, God bless Susan, God bless, God bless, God bless. And I just thought, oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> because I had actually spent the night before, like, Lord, what is on your heart for the school? What, what is it that you have, and, and I'm having this opportunity to come and pray, so what is it that you want? And so that was fine, and I, so I, I come and I sit, and they're going through the list, and like the whole time, um, my spirit was just burning with some things that the Lord had put in my heart, and I'm thinking, how am I even going to, um, you know, steward this? And so then... Um, the lady who was kind of in charge, she looked up and she saw me here, so she slid a piece of paper um, and it had the list of names. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is so hard. And so I, I you know, I, I finally just said, you know, I, don't, I stewarded that. And it was like this delicate thing because I wanted to honor where they were, but I also wanted to be true to who I was and the things he was stewarding in my heart. Does that make sense? So I ended up, um, we, were, we were done, um, the lady that was kind of in charge, she said, well, I just need to say, like, I've never really led prayer before, and the person normally doesn't, can't do it anymore, so I was kind of appointed to do it, and I really don't know what to do, and so I was thinking every time we could just, like, bring the list of the students like this, and we can just pray over them just like this, and I thought, oh, this is going to be so hard. We have to bring some, something more here, and so I just, and I listened, and I was like, and I said, okay, cool, and I said, well, actually, I was wondering there's something kind of on my heart yesterday as I was kind of praying about even coming today. Um, would it be okay if I pray, pray that? Because I'm wanting to honor her and what's happening. And she goes, yeah, absolutely. And so I knew I had a choice right then. I could steward in love and faith what he put in my heart, or I could shrink back wondering what are they going to think about me, and yet honor where they were. Do you understand that tension? And so um, I began to pray, and it wasn't very long. Um, it was a scripture he'd given me, and I just began. It was, there was an emotion really involved, just a confidence that I'd heard what the Lord wanted me to pray, and I prayed. And I was just aware, like my eyes were shut, but I was aware they're all looking at me. I mean, I could just feel it. <laughs> and I opened up, and they're like, and she goes, wow, you have the gift of intercession. And I'm like, no. And I said, no. Um, I just said, and I just said, I just think prayer is a lot about listening and then praying what you hear. That it, it just kind of brings it down to that simplicity. And um, she said, okay. Because I, I don't want to come in like, I have the gift of intercession. And I said, no, I'm just listening like as I... I was just yesterday listening, and this is what I felt, so I just wanted to pray that. So then she went on, and she, um, she introduced one of the other ladies who happened to be um, the student body, PTA, whatever connection. And as soon as she started talking, and, and then the Lord began to give me a word of knowledge, she's <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> because once again, like, I don't know what framework, and I want to honor where individuals are, and yet also be true to what he's speaking to me to do. And so um, she talked a little bit about that, and, and so I just said, well, um, would it be okay if we just prayed over um, her in this position that, that she has? And, and she said, yeah, that would be okay. And she, would that be okay with you? That'd be okay. And so I said, well, would you mind if I like came over and just put my hand on your shoulder? Would that be okay? Because I wanted to honor where they were, and, and I didn't know, and it's like really important that we honor people, you know, and where they are on the journey, and she, she said, yeah, and so I went up to her, and I put my hand on her, and instead of going, thus saith the Lord, I just began to pray out what I saw in a prayer, and all of a sudden, she starts weeping, like, I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't miss. He knows what people need. And she starts weeping. And then the woman that was kind of church, she goes, who are you? I was like, no, no, no. It's, it's not about who I am. It's about the one we love. Like, this is what he has for all of us. You know, this is what he desires. Is All I did is, is I just prayed. I'm like, Lord, what's your heart for this woman? And I just prayed the impression I had. And she was like, wow, could you pray for me too? 
And I'm like, okay. And so I'm thinking we're going to have revival in this little Baptist prayer meeting right here. How cool is this? And um, it's like, do you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder? No, that'll be fine. And so I just wait a minute, and I just begin to pray. And she just starts sobbing. Once again, because the Lord, not like in a bad way, they're just being encouraged. He sees me. He knows me. He loves me. He's for me. So then there was another lady there, and so the one that was, she's, do you want a lie to pray for you too? She's like, uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> she's like, no, thank you. Don't want that. And it's like, that's fine. And um, so when I was walking, when we, when we were done, I was walking out, she came and she was like, hey, I was wondering, like, maybe you could help me, like, lead this prayer time each, each month. And I said, okay, I'll be happy to. She goes, so you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, and I said, well, how about this? How, and, I, and I felt like the Lord said, I've sent you here. here and I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of had a little attitude about having to go and do like volunteer work. I had a full life. And he said, I've sent you on an assignment. You have an opportunity to create a place and a growth in prayer. And so um, I said, okay. And, I, and I, so we talked. And I said, you know, one thing I've found is that um, the key in prayer is connecting to the heart of the Father and the Holy Spirit and then going from that place. And then prayer is actually delightful and, and joyful because it's coming in, in, out of a relationship. And I said, you know, my experience is, you know, by the time we're all getting here, we're rushed trying to get our kids to school and we're steward. And so maybe if we came together and we just did a few songs of worship and then we got still and then we just let the Holy Spirit... Um, begin to put things on his heart to pray. She goes, yeah, that's great. Can you bring the songs? Yes, I'll bring the songs. <laughs> so the next time we go, there's a few more people apparently they've been a little talk about our prayer meeting. <laughs> and, um, and so I come in, and, and, and I was really deliberate. I said, okay, I'm going to pick a song. I'm, I'm pretty confident they're all going to know. And then I'm going to pick a song I'm pretty sure they know. And I'm going to pick a song I know they don't know. And then I'm going to pick an instrumental song. And so I told them that. I said, okay, so we're going to um, just spend some time in worship. And I said, you know, we all come from different backgrounds in worship, but we're worshiping the same Jesus. And, um, you know, these are the kinds of songs I have. One I'm pretty confident you know. One you may know. One I'm confident you don't know. Don't get tripped over that. And then the last is instrumental. And find just what's comfortable for you. I said, when I... Um, when I try, in, me, in meetings like this, I like to turn my back and face the wall. So I can just, that's what I do. If you want to sit where you are, great. If you want to, because I just wanted to create freedom. And it's okay where you are in your journey. They said, that, that's fine. And I just said, and, and um, I don't know if you noticed it or not, I pace a lot. <laughs> and so I just said, I'm probably going to pace um, when I pray, but if you just want to sit, that's fine whatever. And so we go through the songs, and by the instrumental song, I'm hearing all of them. I know they're encountering the presence of God because they're all just weeping. His presence is there. And, um, and this one woman said, I didn't know prayer could be like this. I didn't know that he, he wanted to be with us and to share his heart. And, um, and so we prayed, and throughout the whole year, I mean, I don't, I don't have time to go through the whole year, but the next time, they were like, what if we invited the, the administrator? She came and we could pray for her. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, they started getting excited and creative. So the administrator came in, and um, we had a time where we spent time, and we prayed for her. And then word started getting around. Different teachers like, can I come? Can you come? Can, is there any way you could just come and pray for all? You know, people were getting excited about prayer. And it was really interesting because this one, the one woman that was really, you know, like, no, don't, don't have her pray for me. That one, she stayed the entire time and she never um, prayed out loud, but she was there faithfully every week. And probably about, I don't know, February, she said, I think I have an idea. And I said, really? She said, yeah, like, what if we made, like, we had a day of prayer at the school, and we made like a, I don't know, a place that the kids and the, the teachers could come 
for prayer and we could have little stations and I mean like all of a sudden she's getting all this creativity even though she hadn't been at a place that she could pray out loud she was like growing and I said that would be awesome so we went to the um, administration and like yeah let's let's do that so we had a prayer room and for um, the upper students they could come for the little grades we went to the classrooms and prayed for the classrooms and and um it was just really cool to see them grow across this course of prayer. Well, the last time we were there, Jeremy was only there one year. Um, our little, we were back to our little core. And um, so finally, the, the one that had been, she had not heard her pray out loud and she hadn't really wanted us to engage in prayer with her. She asked me, she said, would you pray for me? And I said, I'd be honored to pray for you. And so, um, you know, do you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder? <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. And I began to pray for her. And the Lord began to give me some insight. And I began to pray that out. And then all of a sudden, she's just like this, this puddle before the Lord. And then the leader goes, I'll just say her name was um, Kelly. It wasn't, Kelly, Kelly, you've got to tell Eliza. You've got to tell Eliza because you've got to tell Eliza. Do you want to tell me? And she said, um, she said, well, I, she said, I was raised Lutheran. And um, I've been in Lutheran churches. We recently moved here and tried the churches around here and none were fitting. And so we ended up in this church. And I realized I didn't know anything about prayer. So I thought, well, I'll sign up for prayer so I could learn to pray, but, oh, I hope they don't ever ask me to pray. I hope they never pray for me. I, you know, she was just terrified of it. And then um, the leader says, and, and Jesus sent you, Eliza, to teach us all how to pray. And I just want to encourage you that prayer is a delight. It's not an obligation. I mean, there are times where it is, but I just want to encourage you, you know, we pray to a father that loves us. He sees us. He knows us. And not just about us, but like he has a heart for every person you come in contact with. And we pray in the name of Jesus. It has nothing to do with us. It's all about Jesus and what he's done. And then we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there are times where there's things, sometimes I'll pray and it's almost like I have to just get off everything on my heart and then I can listen and then begin to pray and steward the things that he gives on his heart. And I was thinking about, um, I'm not going to spend much more time here in Luke, but just I thought, you know, sometimes I read the, the scripture and it's like the Holy Spirit would just kind of give me a, something I haven't seen before. And in verse 5 it says, which of you have a friend? And you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. A friend of mine has come to me on his journey and have nothing to set before him. Have you ever been in a situation where you're with someone and they're faced with something and you feel like, I have nothing to set before them? Like, we have a Father that we can say, Holy Spirit, I need some fresh bread to bring to this person on their journey. Isn't that cool? So I just want to encourage you, may each one of us, as we're going about, you know, our day-to-day, -day, and we find ourselves like, and here's the thing, it's so easy to say, I'll pray for you. It's another thing to go, hey, can we pray together? A lot of times, you know, when people will text me things, I'll make a point, not just say, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll send a text right back in prayer. I want them to know I'm, can, I really want to pray. And if I can't, then I'll, I'll do, if I don't have the time, then I'll make a point to seriously, particularly pray. So last week we talked about, Jesus said, have faith in God. If you have faith and do not doubt, you not only do what was done to the fig tree, what happened to the fig tree? It withered and died. He said, but also if you say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. So I want to talk a little bit today about some hindrances to prayer. Would that be okay? 
Okay. So heart checks. Um, when we were in Atlanta, we had a ministry called Kingdom Generations, and we our whole team was a bunch of youth. And every time we got ready to steward, we'd go, okay, heart checks. H- how's your heart doing before we step into this place of ministering? And I think, too, there's some things that we can do um, as we go to God in prayer. Let's allow some heart checks. First thing, um, look at, let's look at John 14. Get your pen out. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. John 14, 12 to 14. First thing we should do to understand why there could be hindrances in receiving answers to prayer is that you don't pray. Ta-da! Earth shattering, I know. <laughs> this is going to be really simple, really practical. In uh, John 14, 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So first thing, you have not because you... Okay, so if you want to know a hindrance of why you're not receiving answer to your prayer, you're not asking. Okay. Next thing, go to James 4, 1 through 3. I don't hear many pages turning. Ah. I need to have a cell phone app that it makes the sound of page turning even when you're using your phone. So I know you're with me. <laughs> I'm old school. I like my Bible. Okay, James 4, 1 through 3. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war within you? You lust and you don't have. You murder and covet and you cannot obtain. You fight in war, yet you do not have because you what? Do not ask. Or you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You know, a lot of things in our lives, um, discontent, grumbling, strife, it comes from we don't have the things we want to have. If we're honest, right? Our discontentment because we don't have what we think we're to have or what we think we need. And first and foremost, I'd say you have not. That's what James says. You don't have because you don't ask. Or if you do ask, you're asking for the wrong things. And so the second thing I'd encourage you to do is check your heart. Am I, am I asking for my own selfish desire, or am I asking for your purposes in my life? Okay, we're going to go back to John. John 15. Verse 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. So if, if we're abiding in Christ, and his word is abiding in us, he's saying, whatever you ask, you're going to receive. You know, if, if all our experiences, oh, I abide in God because I go to church on Sunday morning, you're not, you're not, it's a, a continual, constantly cultivating, being connected in him and in his word in you, praying according to his will. So a lot of times we're not getting um, the answers to prayer because we're living disconnected from the vine, from the source of life. You guys with me? Okay, disconnect from that. Okay, now go to Hebrews 6, 11 to 12. Another hindrance to prayer is impatience. You know, I I touched on this last week, 
sometimes we, we approach the Word and we just want to um, eat the dessert of the Word, the parts that make us feel really good. And, and I told you last week, I really felt like the Lord was really calling us into to maturity and to bringing us to look at some things. Oh, I like, scripture. I like to skip the scriptures. It's not so comfortable. Who likes to say, yes, I love patience. Just, you know, sometimes we're, we're losing heart where we've asked. Every time we pray, every time we ask, his answer is in motion. Sometimes we're in that waiting process. And if we get impatient or discouraged or disenchanted or whatever, we get out of position of actually missing what he has for us. So in Hebrews 6, 11 to 12, it says, We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promise. This is going to tie into our next thing, entertaining doubt and patience. So go to James 1. Verse 2. Now, this is one of those, um, I, in fact, I can, I'm pretty sure I can picture my 15-year-old self reading this scripture and going, what? This is crazy. But I can say at my almost 50-year-old self, I've learned a little bit about this and the joy in it. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. I just want to pause and say this. Sometimes we're not yet receiving the answer of prayer because we're not yet ready to steward it well. Let me say it again. Sometimes... We haven't yet received our answer to prayer because we're not yet ready, we're not yet mature enough to steward well the very thing he wants to give you. Let me think of an example. If, um, you know, if we had an inheritance to leave our children, that our children were still all underage, we would probably put provision that they would receive it when they were of age of maturity. Given time, a six-year-old's not going to be ready to, to steward resources. Does that make sense? Um, if any of you, and here's the thing is, well, let me, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. One of the things we need to do, a hindrance to prayer, is when we entertain and we um, allow doubt to grow. Do you know that you can receive a promise from the Lord and you know in your knower, your core, your heart, God has spoken? Who knows what that feels like? You know in your, you know, doesn't make any sense here? Doesn't matter because you know in your knower. Do you know the moment you begin to Think through it, process it here, what happens? Doubt begins. Where do you think the enemy whispers? Does he whisper in your knower? He whispers here in this gate. And so what we have to learn to do is to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and say, it doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter how it looks like or what my current experience or circumstance is. I'm standing firmly 
in the Word of God. And what he has spoken is going to come to pass. And so that's where belief, we believe in our spirit, but then sometimes we need to open our mouth and speak forth what we believe. Because, you know, you can pray, Lord, I have this finance, and I believe you're going to take care of all my needs according to your riches and glory. And then three hours later, you're sitting with a friend at coffee and going, I'm so broke. I can't get ahead of anything. doesn't matter what I'm doing. You're actually framing, you're declaring what you really believe. And I'm not saying that we can't be honest about our circumstances, but there has to be a place of but God. And this, this thought, this gate right here, we have to learn how to lift up our heads that the King of Glory can come in and like stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Take those thoughts captive and with your mouth speak forth the truth. Does that make sense? 2 Corinthians 4.13, um, Paul says that I believe, therefore I spoke. So we believe, so we're going to speak. Here's one more thing about doubt. How many believe without question that God can heal? Okay, when you're sick, though, is it easier to believe for someone else than yourself? I don't know about you, but I find it so much easier to have faith for everybody else. Am I the only one? I think that gets tied into, like, we still have so much performance in ourselves. We're aware of all that we're not. You know, I was thinking about um, if, if my children, when, when they were little, we had like a, a chore chart and they had all these responsibilities that they were supposed to do and then they could go out or school and they go out and play. If, if one of my children were out playing and I hear their cry for help, do you think I'm going to look at the chore chart first to see if they've done it all? Oh, Jeremy didn't clean his room. Too bad for you and that bully. Have fun with that. That's not how God works. And yet, I think sometimes we think he does. Now, that doesn't mean that you and God might not have a conversation later about some things he's been telling you, but when we call out for him for help, he hears our cry. He's a present help. And he wants us to know that when we call for him, he wants us to believe and have confidence he hears and he's answering. So we've got to deal with doubt in our life. Okay. Turn. I'm going to have you turn to Ephesians 4. Twenty-six. Another hindrance to prayer. Jennifer touched on this this morning, is unforgiveness, holding grudges, offense. Just curious, did anyone have an opportunity to get offended this week? Raise your hand. Anyone have an opportunity to get offended this week? Anybody have an opportunity to get angry this week? Where were the rest of you? I'd like to go there. <laughs> I think, I don't know about you, sometimes we have several times in a day opportunities to get offended. It could be the, season, the, the silliest thing. It could just be, you know, like we, we're maybe too mature to actually say it out loud, but it could be as simply as in our head. Who do they think they are? Wait, let's just stop, close your eyes, and ask the Lord, am I angry with anyone right now? You don't have to raise your hand. But I want to encourage you to know that offenses and anger, unforgiveness, can be hindrances to answers in prayer. Ephesians 4, 26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, rather let him labor, working with his hands. Is this going out? Working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, 
but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearting, forgiving one another, even as God forgave you in Christ. You know, I would encourage you at night when you're going to bed, Lord, I don't want to let anything hinder my relationship with you or with one another. I mean, stuff's going to happen. But to, to allow the Lord, I don't want to go to, bat, to bed mad and angry. I don't want to leave my house half-cocked, <laughs> ready to take someone's off. You know, just, I, that, that will be a hindrance to being, me being a house of prayer. You know, um, Matthew 5 talked about um, leaving your gift. If you know someone's upset with you, and getting it right, and then coming back. We, we looked last week in Mark where it says that the Father forgives us as what? We forgive. Who wants to be forgiven of their sins? Forgive others. I, we're, not, we're not deserving any more than anyone else says, but that's who he is, and it releases something as we forgive others who've sinned against us. He forgives us. You know, even um, sometimes you can be offended at God. It's not always just man to man. You know, John the Baptist was very aware of who Jesus was. He, he saw, um, he baptized Jesus. He saw the Trinity in action. He heard the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes down on him. A few chapters later, John the Baptist is in prison. And he sends his disciples, go to Jesus and ask him, is he the one or is there another? Do you think doubt had entered in? He was in prison. He's like, well, if you're the one that opens prison doors, then why am I still here? I think we've all been in places where we're not understanding what God's doing. And Jesus replied back, and he said, tell John what you see. The blind eyes are open. The deaf are hearing. Good news is being preached to the poor, and blessed is he who's not offended because of me. So that would be another hindrance to seeing your answers of prayer. Um, another one would be pride problem. Instead of being clothed with humility. 1 Peter 5 says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care onto him because he cares for you. Do you know, here, here's something. These ones I'm kind of going through right now, we don't want to give the enemy a foothold. Because when we give him a foothold, he is about the business of building a stronghold. And so, I'm not trying to, like, speak all heavy to you. But I'm just saying, can we position ourselves to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to highlight. Because it's not a question about if we do these things, if we're honest. It's a question about, am I, how am I doing this now? <laughs> and there's no condemnation in Jesus. He's saying, I want to position you really well to receive everything I have for you. In um, Luke 18, there's, there's two men that are praying a Pharisee. I'm so glad I'm not like that sinner over there. I'm so glad I don't have tattoos or I know how to dress for church or whatever. God, forgive us for looking at the outward appearance and not knowing one another by the spirit and heart. 
Is it easy for you to acknowledge when you're wrong? Can you receive direction or correction without getting defensive or offended? Am I critical or judgmental of others? How often do I have opinions about what people are doing, thinking I could do it better? How much do we want to be seen or noted? Do I even ask God for help? Or the second guy, wouldn't you go in? He's like, have mercy on me, a sinner. Just imagine if throughout the day we really learned how to abide in him and invite him. You know, Lord, I'm going into this meeting. I just invite you to come. Would you help me to be quick to listen, slow to speak? Holy Spirit, I'm going to work, and you know that person really gets on my nerve. Would you just help me to be a vessel of love? What if we begin to really ask him, acknowledge our need for him in every situation? You guys still okay? All right. Um, here's another one. Am I living selfishly? Am I living for myself? Mark 8, 34 to 35 Jesus called the people to himself and his disciples also, and he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it. There's a song our kids were little, and went, I don't want to be a selfish sea, selfishy swimming all around just thinking of me. And yet how many of us, we wake up and we think about everything through the lens of me? I just want to say, you know, when we're praying, Lord, I don't want to have selfish ambition, selfish motive. Show me. Speak to me. And you know what? If he doesn't show you anything, then keep on going. It's all good. Okay, praying my will over God's will. We would never do that, would we? John 1, 5, 14 to 15 says, This confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions of that which we've asked of him. Some questions to ask yourself. Am I seeking my will or his? Instead of me telling him what I want, am I listening and asking him what does he desire? Do I want what God wants more than what I want? Am I asking the Holy Spirit to show me his will? Am I ready to listen and obey his voice? You know, Jesus, and, and the, the wrestle, the struggle we may have, that's real. Jesus had it in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's like, oh, Father, take this cup from me, right? And so it's not like you have to be this little robot and not, but, you know, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But here's something. There's some things specifically where you may not know the will. There's some things we, you know, a lot of times I'll pray, God, I'm just praying, and if this isn't your will, I'm trusting you will not give it to me because I don't want anything outside of your will. So, you know, the Lord wants to have confidence in our prayer. There's things, though, like, does he want to provide for us? Yes. There's things, does he heal? Yes. Does he um, want us to have healthy relationships? You can rest assured there's some things that you can be confident, yep, this is his will. Now, I want to I, I take a pause off of prayer for just a minute. I've been thinking a lot about Joseph this year. And you know, and I, and I know I'm talking a lot about a lot of different things, but I really feel like this is important. Joseph 
the Lord had given him a dream and a vision. And then the opposite of those things happened. He gets betrayed by his brothers. He finds himself in a pit. He finds himself sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He gets falsely accused. He ends up in prison. We can read the course of his life in probably 30 minutes. And we lose sight of the fact that there were decades of process in his life. He's in prison, and he, has, um, he, he rises to the top. Every situation that he went, he ended up just going, well, here I am. I'm going to just be the best prisoner I can be. And he, he walked in favor. And the cupbearer and the baker come, and they have dreams. He tells the dreams. And they go, and it happens exactly as Joseph said. Joseph told them, when you get before them, tell them about me. Remember me. Do you know it was two years later? Two years later. Do you think Joseph had any opportunity to get offended? Do you think he had any opportunity to doubt? Do you think he had any opportunity of being prideful? Two years later, and then one day he gets the answer and he's told, Clean yourself up, shave your beard, you're going in front of favorite. I feel like the Lord really wants us to be able to trust Him with the process as we're waiting and we're praying. Not to lose heart, not to get impatient, but to know that He sees and He knows and He's forming and He's fashioning. Because do you know what? Two years earlier, if He had been released, would He have been in the right position in front of Pharaoh? He'd have been out of the time of God. It took all of that, and then God says, now. Here's something else. By the time his brothers came in front of him, and they're weeping, and they're crying, and they realize it's Joseph, their brother, whom they've betrayed, who they've thrown into slavery. You know what he was able to say? You didn't do this. God did this. God sent me here. That was another, there was seven years of, of feasting and then seven years of famine. We can guess it was towards the end of that, at least 10 years into it from the time he got released. And yet he had allowed God to mold him and shape him to be positioned for the, what God had promised for him. I just want to encourage you, wherever you are in your journey, God is faithful and you can trust him. Not my will, your will be done. Your ways are not my ways. I want your way, not my way. Last thing. Well, this is a quick one. Two things, actually. Um, there can be hidden, habitual, unconfessed sin. Just bring it to him. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regarded iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He's attended to the voice of my prayer. Last thing. Sometimes in prayer, God is saying, I'm glad you're praying. I'm waiting for you to move. Last week I read a word and the Lord said, pray as if it all depends on me, but partner with me as if it all depends on you. You may be saying, God, I need a job. God, I need a job. God, I need a job. And he's like, would you just go and apply somewhere? I believe that we're in a place, in a season, in time where the Lord is specifically going to be telling us specific things to do, and he's wanting us to hear, believe, pray it, and then do what he's saying to do. Leave the results to him, regardless of what they are. One last scripture, and this will be a whole other message, but I just want to start, I just want to highlight it because I feel like it's timely about where we are. In Exodus 23, Verse 20, God says, Behold, I sent an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you to the place which I have prepared. 
Be aware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him. He won't pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. I believe that we are at a time and a place where there are things God is saying, I want to take you into the fullness of the promise I have for you. I have prepared you and I've provided for you and I've protected you, but you must be the one to go in and possess it. Little by little, bit by bit. And it's that thing of when we hear what he's saying to do, that I'm going to obey your voice regardless of what it seems or feels like. I'm stepping out in faith. And when we obey his voice in faith, I believe it makes a place for his grace to come and do what only he could do. The walls of Jericho would not have fallen if they had not marched around as he said to do and given a shout out. There's sometimes he just says, I want you to do some things that seem pretty impossible and we're just waiting. I just want to be a people that we hear his voice, we partner in prayer and look for him to do only he can do, but at the same time, step out in faith and obedience to what he's telling us to do. Does that make sense? All right, would you stand? Father, we desire to be a house of prayer. We desire to be a house of prayer individually. We desire to be a house of prayer corporately. We thank you that there are things that you have in store for this body and for our lives this year. And we want to come into an agreement and alignment with those things. Lord, I pray that we would be a people of faith and we would be a people of prayer and that we would ask and we would ask in faith and we would walk in patience and we would walk in confidence that we will receive that which you have spoken, that which you've declared, that we would walk in humility, that we would walk in teachability, that we would welcome your conviction, Holy Spirit, that we would be so in line with you, that we would be a people of love, that we would walk, Father, according to the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that you would stir our faith. I pray that we would be a people that we would watch. We would stand fast in the faith that we would be brave and we would be strong and that all we do would be done in love. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. Connect with us on Instagram at KOG underscore Asheville and on Facebook at facebook.com slash KOG Asheville.